0: Good morning. It's... Welcome to First EC. I um, want to welcome anybody who's visiting. i ask you to please fill out a little card that's in the back. Just give us your name and a phone number. Just uh, some contact information so that we can keep in touch. Glad to see whoever's on Zoom. Glad you're with us here this morning as well. I have just one Two announcements. Two announcements that I'm going to make. Um, the one is in your bulletin, just bringing your attention, highlighting the fact that the police appreciation, the first luncheon, the first appreciation platter is going out this. Um, that would be Wednesday, I guess. So if if you're involved in, with that, just a reminder. It's also a reminder that there's two more opportunities to help. the The second thing is I'm hoping that you might have. Oh, great! Thank you. Um, want to bring your attention to the fact that there's a Lebanon County school prayer walk. It's a countywide thing that's going on this Saturday, March 4th. We have adopted um, Lingle, Lingle Avenue Elementary, and so I would encourage any of you, all of you, come out uh, 10 o'clock to the school. We'll meet there. We'll... Just kind of break up i mean there 's not going to be a whole lot of organization to it. The idea is we 're just going to walk around the school and pray for it. pray for the school, pray for the students, the staff, the bus drivers, whatever just 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 try to cover that that school and that whole system uh, in prayer because um, we have we have taken them on as our school that we 're going to pray for. There will be lots of other people out praying for all the other schools as well so it 's just a day that we 're all out. Praying together, praying for our students, and praying for our school system. So encourage you to come out. I think we did make provisions in case of inclement weather um, that we would meet here. I, I would say show up at the school, because um, with our luck, it'll be kind of misty, and you never know. And So show up at the school, and even if it's pouring, show up at the school, and we'll just indicate, let's go back to the church. Um, but it's got to be raining pretty hard not to go. I mean, bring your umbrellas we can we can stand a little bit of, of rain we're not going to melt um, <laughs> we'll walk around the school and we'll and we'll pray for it um, so i'm looking forward to that opportunity that's this saturday uh, march 4th that's the the only two things that i really want again check out your bulletin you can see about the LCCM lenten breakfast that's coming up soon and 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 today is the last Sunday to see Gene about tickets. If you're interested, so thank you for mentioning that. Um, yep, it's, it's March 11th, but today is the last day to get tickets. So if you're interested, see Gene before you leave. Anything else that we need to know about? Okay, well let's let's pray and prepare ourselves for worship then. Well, good morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you for just bringing us here this beautiful morning, bringing us here together as, as a family, as a family of believers. We're here for you, Lord. We're here to worship you. We're here to give you our praise. We're here to thank you. We're just here to, to sit in your presence and to absorb your presence and your awesomeness. We love you, Lord, and we pray that we show that this morning, that everything that we do Everything that we sing, everything that we say would be honoring to you, Lord. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 108. It's a psalm of David. He says, and we say, My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. And then I have a footnote here. Awake. Guitar, bass, keyboard, drums, and vocalists. <laughs> Did I get them? An organist, an organist, and, organist. <laughs> and violinists, <laughs> and singers. So awake, all! I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. And this is why we're here. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I invite you to stand. Let's sing along with our praise band and sing some of these praises this morning.
2: Dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is free.
1: Oh uh-huh.
0: Somebody nearby. Let them know you're glad they're here. <laughs> Look, he's, su- he's such an obedient young man. Just sits there. <laughs> That song affected my allergies or something. It just—that was an incredible song. Well, we gather. We take time now to just lift up our prayers, our praises. Um, I did have. Um, well, first of all, as you can see, uh, the the blanket makers were busy again. We've got quite a few up here. We want to pray over them. If I understand correctly, they're all. Spoken for. They're all intended for someone. We do still have a few more uh, available. So if you know someone that that needs one, please let me know. Um, but these these have some definite um, people that they're going out to. So we're going to pray pray for them. Um, we also have a, a written request. There's a, a prayer for for a gentleman, young man named Lyndall Strickler. He was hit by a truck two weeks ago. Um, from what I understand, he was just getting his mail, and um, a vehicle came by and struck him and, and hit and run, from what I understand. Yeah, so um, he's having another surgery this morning. I'm going to pray for healing and for wisdom for the doctors and for his, his strength and his healing, of course. So um, are there any other prayer requests or any, any other praises that you'd like to share?
1: I have a praise. Uh, we have a teenager in the house, and uh, please send your prayers. We have a teenager. In the house. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Prayers for peace for Raj. And, and uh, Heather and Brooke, their mother passed away, my best friend Holly, last Sunday.
0: Okay. And did you, you said Raj and Heather and Brooke? Okay. And Holly was the one that passed away. Okay.
2: I just have a praise. Yesterday I came in to, yesterday morning to work on the sign and. You know, I just thought Saturday morning I'll probably be here all alone. It'll be quiet. And I heard people making the blankets, and I heard the kids having fun playing, and I heard some practicing up here. And it was just so nice. I thought Saturday the church is still active, <laughs> going strong. So that's just a praise. It was great.
0: Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's things going on through the, through the week here. and That's perfect. That's wonderful. But there's plenty of opportunity for more more time more activity
1: uh so prayers for a family of a schoolmate of mine steve kreiser i just got word that he had passed away uh back on the 15th of february Rather suddenly, not sure how or why, but somebody that was I went to school with and knew, so he graduated with me. So, I, you know, I found out about it, kind of hit me kind of hard. So, okay. yeah. uh, you know, prayers for his family and everybody, all his friends and it's a big family. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Any others? Okay, well let's let's lift up those prayers and let's pray for these blankets as well. Let's let's pray. Well, Father, you've heard these groanings of our hearts. We ask you to be with these families. Who have lost loved ones. We ask you to be with the friends, these people who who know them well. These losses affect more than just more than just immediate family. And we know how the loss of a, a friend or a family member tends to make us think about our own mortality. And So, Father, I ask for your, your comfort and your peace with these families, these friends, but I also ask you to remind them of their, their hope and their joy and eternal life with you. Father, we pray for Lindell, this young man who was hit by a truck, and we know he's undergoing surgery. am not sure if it's happening at this very moment or if it's about to, but we know you're you've got it all under control. We just thank you for for watching over him. We thank you for being with the doctors and the nurses and the specialists and we just pray for his healing. We pray for wisdom for all those who are taking care of him. We pray for strength as he heals, that he can return to his life, return to his wholeness. Father, we thank you for those who are celebrating milestones. We we hear about birthdays, and those remind us of of life while we're hearing also about about death. We ask for strength and patience as we hear about families with new teenagers. We, We just... Know that there will be a new, a whole new set of ways to to deal with with activities. We pray for for that family. We pray for wisdom and strength with the parents, and uh, we pray for joy and comfort and obedience for the whole family as they look to you for guidance. Father, we have these blankets. We thank you for the people whose heart just goes out to people enough that they would get together and want to put these blankets together. Thank you, Lord, for our, our servants who enjoy doing this sort of thing. But Father, we also pray for those who are going to receive them. I pray, Lord, that those people will just feel the warmth of your love and your peace and your comfort as they, as they wrap these blankets around them. We know that you love them. We know that you love us, Lord. You show us this love through the week by, by providing for us. And so we also pray, Lord, this morning for, for our offering. We pray that you'll accept it and that you'll bless it, and that you'll use it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and join me in singing hymn number 15, Rejoice, ye pure in heart. I wonder how many of you have um, ever heard of Transformers? All right. Transformers. What's that? More than meets the eye. More than... <laughs> Yes. Transformers are kind of a, kids... they were meant as kids' toys. They were, they were brought out um, some time ago as kids' toys, but they're so popular that they've even made movies out of them. Um, and I remember our son Jason used to have a couple of Transformers. They were toys that, well, they became popular, like I said, a few years ago, back around 2007. And they were toys that looked like a car or they or like a, a truck or an airplane. But when you would pull on them, twist them certain ways, till you were done, they became like a, a me- like a robot or like a me- mechanical human form. And of course, if you pulled on them and twisted and put them back, then all of a sudden they look like a vehicle again. Well, today we're going to talk about the the OT, the original transformer, who changed from human form into something else. And he has a power that's even greater than these mechanical transformers because he's able to transform other humans as well. And we get to read about that transformer right here in our Bibles. We get to experience seeing him as we continue our walk through the gospel of Luke. We're in chapter 9 again today, and we're beginning in verse 28, but I think I need to set the scene first because we're we're skipping over a little bit. Um, Just before today's set of verses, Jesus has asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? Who do others say that I am? And they told him that some are saying you're John the Baptist, some are saying you're Elijah. And Jesus then asks them, well, who do you say that I am? And we know that Peter has a knack for speaking before thinking, but this time his instincts were correct. As soon as Jesus says, who do you say I am? Peter says, God's Messiah. And he's absolutely correct. And then Jesus tells the disciples that he's going to be killed. And he also tells them a little bit about the cost of discipleship. And that sets us up for our first verse this morning then, because it tells us in verse 28, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Have you noticed that it seems like so many great spiritual encounters happened on mountains? Abraham took Isaac up on a mountain. Moses received the Ten Commandments up on Mount Sinai. Elijah called down fire when he was up on Mount Carmel. There was so much history of the Israelites meeting God on mountaintops that other cultures were actually convinced that the mountains were where the God of the Israelites lived, that he was the God of the mountains. They had no concept of an all-encompassing God. They identified gods with individual things. So they saw the Israelite God as the God of the mountains. So remember the fight between David and Goliath. That's why the Philistines wanted to fight the Israelites down in the Elah Valley because they figured that their God, the Israelite God, wouldn't be with them then. Or if he was, he certainly would be very weak because he's the God of the mountains and they were fighting in the valley. We still often think of the mountains as a place to meet and to be with God when we want to go on a retreat our first thought is of the mountains, like Twin Pines Camp. It's up in the mountains, right? Our the, the camp that's part of our denomination. Vicky and I are going to be leaving tomorrow for a short pastor spouse retreat and it's up in the Poconos, up in the mountains. Now just so you don't get worried, we will be back by Wednesday evening, so we will be having an Ash Wednesday service unless they get a lot of snow and then We'll be stuck at the retreat, oh darn. <laughs> but from what Vicky can tell, the snow isn't coming until Friday up there. So, but, but God does do miracles, yes. <laughs> but there, once again, this whole idea of a retreat, this whole idea of this spruce lake, the retreat itself, is up in the mountains. There's something about literally being closer to God and more alone that make mountain retreats appealing. So Jesus has gone up, up on a mountain to pray, and he takes Peter, John, and James with him. Now, have you ever wondered why Jesus was always taking disciples with him when he wants to go pray? Does he want to teach them something? Does he hope they're going to learn something by watching him? Does he need bodyguards? Well, not, not physically, but that's kind of close, because in fact, the reason he takes them along is is somewhat ironic in this story. You see, when a, whenever a rabbi would go off to pray, they would take several people, usually about three guys along with them, for the purpose of keeping the rabbi awake. You know, they don't want the time of prayer to be interrupted by falling asleep. So it's the job of these three men to make sure that the rabbi doesn't fall asleep while he's While he's praying. But we're going to see later that that actually these three disciples were the ones that were having some trouble staying awake. So while these guys are struggling to stay awake, Jesus is praying. And then something wonderful happens while he's praying. Verse 29. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. His face changed and his clothes were bright as lightning. Now he's called himself the light of the world, but this is intense. And when I tried to imagine something to compare it to, first thing I thought of was like a football stadium and that bank of of stadium lights. And imagine that you're standing about three feet in front of that, that bank of lights. That's Probably not even close, but gives you some idea of just how bright his clothes are. But it also says that his face changed. It's very possible that now, at this moment, he looks like what John saw in his revelation. Where he describes how he turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. That's what John saw during his revelation. We hear in this one that his, his face has changed and his clothes are as bright as lightning. So he's standing there in all his shining awesomeness, and he's praying on the mountain. And then suddenly, he's not alone. He's not the only one that's there. Verses 30 and 31 tell us, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. There's two men there having a conversation with Jesus, not two angels, two men. And they're talking to Jesus about his exodon is the word here, a Greek word that means departure. It's the same word as the Hebrew word exodus. It means to go out. The second book of the Bible is titled Exodus because it gives us the history of the Israelites going out from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. So where exactly is Jesus departing from? Where is he going out of? Well, verse 31 kind of tells us that it's going to happen at Jerusalem. Now we know through hindsight what he's talking about, but imagine those disciples who were there, hearing it at that moment, maybe not necessarily knowing where, what is he talking about when he's saying his departure, he's departing from Jerusalem. Like I said, we happen to know that they're speaking about Jesus' death, his crucifixion, his going out of this human body that he's in, and returning to sit with his father in heaven. Moses and Elisha, Elijah, excuse me, Moses and Elijah and Jesus are all having a conversation about the exodus that Jesus will be making, but also the exodus that Jesus will be leading, not just his own departure, but how he will also lead anyone who's willing to follow him out of the bondage of sin in this life. Now why do you suppose it was Moses and Elijah who came to talk to Jesus? Don't know for sure, but probably because Moses represents the law, the law which Jesus fulfilled. And Elijah represents all the prophets whose prophecies Jesus is fulfilling. In verse 32 then, it says, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. There's where we hear that they were having some trouble doing their job. They were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Now, Luke seems to be very specific about letting us know that they are fully awake. He he says, fully awake. He wants to make sure that we realize they're awake. This is not a dream. These disciples are seeing these men. They see the two men standing there, and then it says they saw his glory, meaning Jesus. They they see Jesus in his radiance, in his glory. How many times at the end of a long day might you say something like, man, I just can't wait to get out of these shoes, or get home and, and and. Get out of this code, or maybe you're at a special occasion and you're all dressed up. Man, I can't wait to get home and get out of this monkey suit, right? Well, at that moment, when the disciples see Jesus in his glory, Jesus has kicked off his shoes and he's let his hair down. Now, it's not literal, but it's like he got out of his human skin suit, you know, just just for a little while. He was appearing more like his true self, as we might see him in heaven. Like the song says, I I can only imagine. So these guys get done talking, and it looks like Moses and Elijah are getting ready to leave. Verse 33 says, As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it was good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then in parentheses, he didn't, it's like he's kind of leaning and putting his hand. He didn't know what he was saying. Poor Peter. Here he is, talking before thinking again. But I don't think I can blame him. I think I might have done the same thing. He recognizes just how awesome this moment is, and he wants it to keep going, right? Why does Luke say that he didn't know what he was saying? Isn't Peter being helpful? Peter's saying, let's just let's build three shelters, one for each of you, before these guys run off. Have you ever been somewhere and the experience was just so good that you didn't want it to end? I mean, that's usually the way you feel on day six of a seven-day vacation, right? He just, this is so wonderful, and... I don't want to go back. That's when you start, if you're old enough, that's when you start to think about how early do I want to retire? You know, if it's a really great great time you're having. That's what this retreat at Spruce Lake is like. We've had the opportunity to be there before. That's one of the reasons we're so excited about going back. It's great worship, great speakers, and great food, and, but it always ends way too quickly. It's just a, a three-day retreat. It's actually like a two-day a a two um, event, but it just goes so quickly. It also makes me think back about my time in seminary. For five years, I was part of a small community down there where I got to sit at the feet of godly men and just absorb their wisdom. Classes always started with prayer. We had chapel once a week. Teachers and administrators knew us by name, they knew our spouses, they knew our troubles, they knew our accomplishments, they would pray for us, they'd always be praying for for us, for our spouses, and they would let us know about it. There are times I miss being at seminary, but I needed to move on. I love being at this retreat at Spruce Lake, but I need to move on. Here, the disciples, especially Peter, realize just how wonderful their current experience is, but they need to move on. They have to come down from the mountain. It was a great experience, but they just can't stay there. When I graduated from seminary just 10 years ago, I was very thankful for two things. First of all, I was extremely thankful that God allowed me to actually succeed in an academic environment in my late 40s at a graduate level when I thought I was done writing papers and taking tests. But I was also very thankful for an award I received. And we get these things as a surprise. We have no idea they're coming, but when they were handing out the awards, my, my name popped up. Um, I was awarded something called the Practical Theology Award. And on it is written in recognition of exemplary competence in practical theology courses. Now, what that's supposed to mean is that I didn't just learn theology. I didn't just learn big words and what they meant. I didn't just learn Greek and Hebrew so that I could hopefully impress some congregations or whatever. It meant that I did fairly well in the classes in which I had to apply what I learned It means that my professors felt that I was ready to put into practice what I had learned. But of course, I want to remind you and I want to highlight the fact that I can't do it myself. This award is a little bit like spiritual gifts, right? It's given to you. This award was given to me, but it's not for our benefit. I see the award as a reminder, a prodding, to go out and to use what I had learned and to recruit as many others as necessary to help me. That's why I'm so very happy to be back at this church where all of you seem to be very willing to be recruited to help me out with this practical theology. You see, we can spend lots of times in Bible study, lots of time watching videos, lots of time attending seminars or attending retreats, but eventually we have to come down off the mountain All that knowledge doesn't do God any good if we don't do something about it or do something with it. So Peter and the disciples need to come down off the mountain and move on. Verses 34 through 36 say that while he, Jesus, was still speaking, or excuse me, while Peter was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. So once again, Jesus is endorsed by his heavenly father, But this time he adds the phrase, listen to him. It seems to be a reference to something that Moses said way back in Deuteronomy when he was talking about God. He told the people, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. The other thing that I've noticed is that we can fill a church for a funeral. For some reason, I've been thinking a lot about Terry Gingrich lately. I had the great privilege to be a part of his funeral service here, and I remember that we had over 200 people packed into this, into this church. People showed up because they loved Terry. One of the people there asked me a question during the reception. They said, why does it take a death to pack the church? And you know, he has a point. People canceled plans to be there. People took off work to be there because people loved Terry. But let me ask the question a different way then. Why doesn't Jesus' death pack the church? Do people know about Do people know about his death? Do people even know who Jesus is? People wouldn't have come to Terry's funeral service if they didn't know him. People aren't going to come to a worship service for Jesus if they don't know him, and they don't know what he did for them. We come to church for a one-hour mountaintop experience every Sunday, but we need to come down off the mountain and spend Monday through Saturday down in the valleys, sharing with others what we've learned on that mountaintop experience so that those others will be motivated to enjoy a mountaintop experience with him as well. Let's pray. Well, God, first of all, I ask you to continue to provide us with Mountaintop experiences. They are so helpful to us. Help us to find times when being with you, learning about you, praying, and praising you are so wonderful that we just don't want to stop. But Lord, lead us back down the mountain. Help us to find opportunities down in the valleys to use what we gain in those mountaintop experiences. Help us to share our experiences so that others can find themselves up on a mountain with you as well. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing our final hymn, number 273. Protect you. May he look upon you with favor and may he shine his radiant face, brighter than the sun, upon you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.